This is a sonic scrapbook, a passport to Rome, following a pull to tune into the pulse of place, to get closer to the ground, befriending strangers along the way. I'm Petra Barron, and this is Lowlines. Episode 2, Floodlines, Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana. Okay, so it's Wednesday the 6th of May and I'm here, just checked into the Lighthouse Hotel, Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana, and it's good to be here. So when you fly into New Orleans, it's such a mad view, it's like a mass of tiny little scabs, like flaky little islands floating just don't even look like they're connected to each other and it goes on for as far as the eye can see. It looks really fragile. And then there's the mighty Mississippi River like carving through it all. Where I am now, Plaquemines, the last 60 miles, this is the final part of the whole river that's just gathered all of these different rivers and tributaries from all the way up the country. And then it just dumps out at the bottom of Plaquemines, literally just down the road from here. There's not many places to stay here, so I was quite happy when I saw this lighthouse. Bit of a shining beacon. It's obviously run by people who really love it. It's like proper South Louisiana hospitality. Lots of tartan, lots of twinkling lights, lots of bustling around and people just really friendly. And uh, yeah. It's normally stayed in, like the majority of the time, I think, by dredgers, oil workers, and then it fills up at the weekends. Fishermen and duck hunters. And then, yeah, outside, it's just like a mass of Ford pickup trucks. Everyone lined up outside their rooms. And then there's me, nestled in amongst it, in Deb's little silver Honda Fit. Hi. Fine, thanks. Um, I'm running out. If there's anything you need, just give me a call. Yes. I had a funny chat with Barbara in reception. She was telling me about how um, how a lot of the guys who come here, they, they wash their catches in the baths and they have to kind of police it. And then all the black makeup cloths for women, they nick them for their sweat rags. We got into it quite deep. They say this is the end of the world because you can only go so far to the road and then it's just water. Do you have a sense of things not being around for much longer? A little, yeah, but I hope not. I mean, I raised my kids here and we moved away after Katrina. This is home. It's not much to do, but it's home. Yeah. It's home for us. And you make the best of it. So it carries on. People yes. continue to come here. Some things disappear. Yes. What? 31 places in the yes. last 10 years or something. Yes, ma'am. I always say I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave, but I never do. It's fine. When I got down here, my head was full of the conversation I'd had with Dave Baker, the ecologist. I first came across him a while ago at an eco walk in the woods, and he was really giving it the big in. 
driving home to us all about how fast the land around here is sinking. He was so passionate that I really wanted to meet him again. He grew up here and spends all his time out on the water and on the land. And because of that, he just feels every crack, every fissure of change. I'm a ecologist slash botanist, coastal restoration guy. I manage probably the longest hurricane forest ecology research project in southeast Louisiana. He measures and analyzes it all and he's just around it constantly. So I asked if we could meet in the city, but I wanted somewhere woodsy. I was like, where can we meet this woodsy? He's like, I know just the place. The old live oaks in City Park. Apart from he forgot that it would be Jazz Fest. And it would be going a full pelt just over from us. That's the largest stand of ancient oaks in probably the United States. This ridge is uh, probably eventually going to be, you know, not here. What do you mean it's eventually not going to be here? Well, well, the Gulf of Mexico is slowly but surely creeping in and we're losing land all around the city. And slowly but surely, slowly but surely, these giant 800-year-old trees will be sitting in water. Their roots will be sitting in water. And that's what all these people hanging out at the Jazz Fest are going to Saints games. That's what they need to understand is that we are going at a rate that's faster than any place else in this hemisphere. When my mom passes, I am leaving. And everybody says, well, where are you going to go? It is bad every place else, but this has like 17 different variables of badness. Dave, can you please explain what the hell is going on down here? Early in our history, we've, we viewed the marsh as useless. The marsh was just uh, this giant area of, you couldn't farm it, you couldn't build on it, you couldn't do anything until they found oil on it. And so, you know, the colonists just did whatever they wanted to to make commerce easier. When business became the real driving force, then we had the wall off the river because we got to, yeah, make as much money as possible and get the cotton or whatever, you know, all the commodities. I mean, I'm half Native American, so you can look at the European mindset there, you know, the savages. So, yeah, we, we definitely uh, treated this land in a way that was bad and then when we realized what it had we just we just took and we still take what's happening in southeast louisiana is the mississippi river has been blocked off for a hundred years now and the mississippi river provides all the nutrients and life and land building material so we're in 100 years of a compaction since we have sea level rise and we've been hit by four hurricanes in two years. We've lost uh, an amazing amount of coast. We're now losing a lot of the land which is going to be the buffer from the hurricanes. And so what we're seeing is that the land is now sinking and the hurricanes will soon be just hitting the hurricane protection wall full force. Which is also man-made. Yes, yes. The, the lines of defense are the barrier islands, then the marsh, 
the estuary, you know, forest, levees. So there's layers of defense. Almost no barrier islands. And now all the marsh surrounding New Orleans is almost completely gone. So now we have like the fourth line of defense, a big earthen levee or a giant concrete wall. But those structures are really supposed to be, you know, buffered by miles and miles of marshland. So if the levees and the hurricane walls become our line of defense, then we're in trouble. West of Empire, when I take a boat through there, my GPS, which I bought the software five years ago, on the screen, you're driving over land. If you're just looking at the screen, you go to turn and then you realize it's just 10,000 acres of open water now instead of marsh. I had this joke with a friend of mine. She's a photographer. I'm a swimmer and a triathlete. And I said, this is what we need to do. We need to make a calendar, you know, silver Ray-Bans and my pink Speedo and, you know, maybe a machete. And it's just going to be this whole, like, this is what we have to do calendar. And maybe the guy in the Speedo with the machete will make people aware enough to go, what the fuck is this about? And then they'll realize, like, this is where we're at. All the old timers that I talk to want to go. I've rebuilt my house twice. Uh, I've rebuilt other people's homes multiple times. So just me, myself, and the experience of this disaster recovery, disaster recovery, disaster recovery. There's a culture in this area of let's just live for today. Yeah, sure. Let's just not think about it and all the jazz fest and all yep. the Saints games and all the pleasure zone that right. everyone thinks of New Orleans as being. Yeah. Part of that is just coping yeah, with like sure. not being able to wrap your head around it, which is obviously contributing at the same time to the problem. Yeah, I'm just to blame. I mean, I drink way more than probably most people do <laughs> that aren't from New Orleans, but most people in New Orleans are just alcoholics in denial basically i guess you could say so um yeah do you think that is to do with that sense of yeah. it could go at any no, moment yes yeah i think it's only getting worse now i think the concept that we used to yeah we'll find some shit the concept that we used to have parties hurricane parties and so now now we don't have parties now, now we have no choice but to go. God, Dave's pain is palpable. Everything he sees and touches connects him to the natural ecosystem and alerts him to the chronic stress it's under. Okay, anyway, it's time to stop and watch the Kardashians. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, take advantage of this telly in this hotel room. But tomorrow I'm gonna get out there and just get into it. I'm gonna keep my recorder on as I cruise around and just record conversations as I go.
Justice intervention hey, How you doing? Good, man. What's your name? Mitch. Mitch, I'm Petra. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. How's shrimp season this year? It's good. Yeah. Shrimp are good, pretty. Starting to get some big shrimp. I feel like Forrest Gump. Uh, shrimp, uh, I mean, just go on and on with shrimp. Have you been doing this work for a while? About two years now. And have you noticed a difference even in those two years? As far as what? The land. I know it's sinking. I mean, everybody knows it's sinking. Uh, that's why we add 10 inches every couple of years to the levees because it's sinking. But I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't do a whole lot about it, you know? I mean, all you can do is uh, hope for the best. Um, oh my God, look at that boat. Yeah. Now, when the river's high, when it gets really, really high, you can look up river like that and see one of those boats pass by and then propeller slinging water. Yeah, it's mad. Sort of scary. Yeah, he's empty right now. So he's extra high up in the water, you oh, mean? Oh yeah, he's way high. So you look at the back end of the boat and you might see the propeller. The prop just going... Choo -choo 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 -choo. Mississippi, you can feel the sheer force of her. It's like she wants to move. She wants to sway this way and that way, but she's been shackled in place. She's been jacked up by all these levees, like a raised vein on the back of her hand. It's like she's had blinkers put on her. And she's not allowed to interact with the land around her. Like Jared says. Her DNA is literally designed to live amongst the cypress trees. So many wild boars alive or dead. Guts spilling out. This baking heat. Where are they all going? This is what I want to know. Spotted some men driving their trucks along the levee next to me. They looked official. Live action levee building. A bit nervous to cross the road. along the top of the levee. Okay, scary, scary, scary. Oh, I made it, my peace. Just gotta stay away from those dead hogs on the street. The US Army Corps of Engineers. Hi. Hi, can I help you? Yeah, um, I'm, my name's Petra. Hi, Petra. And I'm just here from England. Okay. And I came to Venice um, a few months ago because I used to live in New Orleans. And um, I was just driving down and I was what, like, what, is this new? This is what, the abridged version of the new levee, yes. Okay, are you guys all building it? Yes. How far down does it go? We got a three mile stretch. Is it constant work? Is it like the people that have to paint the Golden Gate Bridge? It's not as constant but it is a, it's a constant maintenance. And is it raising it or is it just yes. maintaining it? No, they're raising this it. This is a raising crowd. So it's a fortification and also raising the level. 
Southeast Louisiana is always going to be sinking. The river's going to take its way no matter yeah. what. Mother Nature's going to find her way, and that's it. Yeah. There's nothing mankind can do about it. Because that used to be swamp. That was all covered after Katrina and Ida. This wasn't here. It was completely collapsed, and all that was water. Katrina made all of this collapse. Katrina made this levee disappear. Yeah, there, there it wasn't even here. here. There was nothing here. And it, and it got washed away. Washed away. Everything's gone. There used to be houses all up and down this area. They're gone. A lot of the buildings you see yeah. on the street are new. Yeah. So, because all this was underwater. When the river controlled what everything was, that's why this place flourished, because you had sediment for the river. It was good for growing crops. It was good for everything else. You know, that was always built up there because the river was always letting sediment go. Unfortunately, when we try to control Mother Nature, she takes back from other places. So, so levees are basically futile. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that because it, they have saved a lot of lives. I don't know. That's a hard question, especially my my work. Oh <laughs> man, it's it's contentious, isn't it? It's difficult yeah. to say. But Mother Nature does know what she's doing, and and we. Oh, she knows what she's doing. She doesn't tell anybody. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. She knows exactly what she's doing. we got to work with her. Mm -hmm. Can you see anything radical happening along the lines of working more with Mother Nature than against her? I don't think we're working against her. I think that we're working diligently to, like I said, protect one side, let her do what she's got to do. But as mankind, we've got to protect others. That's what the Army Corps of Engineers is all about, is you know, make sure we have proper access and egress and flood control. Mm. Ultimately, so. man comes first. Well, I guess. Not, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, I, I would say that, you know, Mother Nature, like you said, she's going to do what she wants to do, and you're going to suffer one way or the other. So the only thing you want to do is try to prepare for what's eventual, what you know is going to come, which is more storms coming up. Thank you for thank your you. time. Right. Take care. Right. Be careful across the I will. Street. Thank you. Bye. There they go. The Army Corps of Engineers is a tricky one. Dave's out there stroking trees and getting ready to get his speedos on to protest. And they're traversing bulked up land in their trucks. Dave wants to release water back into the land and they're busy trying to push the river into some more kind of linear shape that doesn't talk to the land. A lot of duck motifs. signs, no trespassing, violators will be shot, survivors will be shot again. And then there's a Ikea bag here, submerged in the sluggish water with little crabs clinging onto it and barnacles attached to it. I don't know how long it's been here, but they've appropriated the blue plastic it might just be some tarp. It's flown off one of the roofs around here that's waiting to be fixed. After some wind, it could be the tornado from the other day, it could be 
Ida from last year. There's some fraying American flags. And then there's just all this industry in the background that you can hear. These tugboats and plants and endless white trucks. Industrialised land. A few old cans of bud. Ziploc bag. Looks like it might have had a sandwich in it once. Plastic water bottles. And just this water just seeping in. Dries, you know, it's coming into summer, but the ground's still pretty squelchy. guy sitting on the side of the road in his little John Deere buggy. Hi. How you doing? How you doing? What's your name? Wade Petrie. I live here. I'm 67 years old. I used to live about 15 minutes from here where we had a camp. And we survived off the land. We fished, we crabbed, oysters. We did fur bearing trade in the fur markets. Okay, we trawled. That's how we made our living. You worked with the land. Yes, right. We worked with the land, and the land su supported us because there was so much. I mean, you never went hungry, and you never was wanting for money because there were so many different trades you could get into. When one season closed, you, you started on another one. People are so hustle and bustle now, they're forgetting actually how it used to be. They don't relate to the land anymore. It'll support everything we need. We just have to take care of it, and we haven't been a good steward of that. Haven't been a good steward. Now the thing that really killed us was in like in the uh, the early 60s into the 70s when they started uh, building these pipelines, bringing oil and gas from offshore inshore. They dug the canals, they laid the pipe, and then they built bulkheads. Okay, that stopped the erosion. Okay, that stopped the flow of water. That was perfect. But then as the years went by, somebody got with somebody. You know, the officials with the oil companies. And they said, yeah, you know, it's a little costly to keep building these bulkheads and repairing them. Can we get around that? And apparently somebody said, yeah, we're not going to worry about that. Just, you know, don't fix them. So that even opened up more avenues, more canals, more streets. I see the big change was probably in the 70s is when I seen more freshwater intrusion into the back. The freshwater is not the enemy. Saltwater is not the enemy. It's the speed of it is the enemy because it's erosion. When I was a kid, a five or six year old, we had cypress forests. And eventually, the, the water, the intrusion, you know, it all killed it. It killed it. So, there's lots of good dirt coming down the Mississippi River. It's, it's fantastic dirt. But it's not having enough time for it to fall out. Until we slow that water down, uh, we're not really going to have anything. 
you know, I, I think we'll, we'll fight to keep what we have, but we're going to lose everything else. And Wade, what is the history of your family down in Plaquemines? Well, my uh, grandfather, he was a Croatian, and my grandmother, her parents came from Nova Scotia. Both loved the land and both lived off the land, so they, they meshed in pretty good. Of course, nowadays, because of what's happening, you have to find other work, so I work for an oil company now. And uh, it's a good job, you know, and I love it. But my heart's always out there. You know, when I was younger, I would buy tea. was out there swimming or crawling around. You know, we had to go get it. You know, we had to catch it, catch it, clean it, you know, prepare it, get it ready for the, for, put it in the pot, do whatever we want to do with it. So apart from your house, where is the best place to eat around here? They got a little place in, uh, in Port Salford called Thompson. Uh, changes, once you get it back over the levee. Uh, you're going to see changes on the right. Another place is a good place to eat. Yeah, you're welcome to drive down there. I'm going to go and have a look. So I just drive to the end. Yeah, just follow it. To the, you're going to see, uh, you know, past this fence, past another fence. And then you're going to come to a metal bulkhead. You're going to see the canal. You're looking at the point. Hi. Well, what should I have? We do have oysters if you want that. So how are you serving the oysters? What's the options with the oysters? Fry. Fried. You only want them fried right now, or charbroiled, or cooked. You want them cooked. You don't want them raw right now. They're getting that, milky. They're real milky. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to go fried oysters because I had fried food yesterday. Okay. okay. What about? We can grill them. I bet they're amazing. How's the gumbo? Very good. Let me get a cup of gumbo. And some, what are seafood kickers? It's like a, a hush puppy, but it's, a, it's seafood. Better have some of that then. Okay. One of those as well, please. You want, you're going to dine in or you're taking it to I'm go? I'm going to take it to go. Okay. Why is this place called Changes? Um, come see. Look at that picture and walk this way. She led me over to view a holographic plastic framed picture that changed seasons as we swayed from side to side. Oh, it's the seasons. I always knew I wanted to do a restaurant, but I didn't know what. And after Katrina was over, we found that picture in Walmart. So I picked the picture up and I knew one day I was going to do something with it. I didn't know what. And then four years ago, my parents passed away. And I didn't have nothing to do because that's one of my children. So all of our kids are grown. They're big, and we have seven grandchildren. So um, we just didn't know, well, this place became available for me to buy it. And I did. And the name was already chosen. God chose everything for me. It's just, um, I wore this today. Too blessed to be stressed because I lost all my workers I'm working with and I have 21 shifts to fill. They're all gone, they quit. The cooks has it hard here. They're constantly on their feet, they're constantly moving, they have to clean everything. It's just pretty rough, you know, for them to be in this business. So, Shelly, 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 just one lunch. This restaurant feels like a community hub. Yeah, this is 
more like community except for the people that, you know, like come from work. And the community is getting smaller because we don't have that work anymore. You know, it's, it's the, the oil field is gone. Probably about six, seven years ago, babe, the oil field just left from here. How many jobs went with it? I love you more. Um, I have a janitorial service that God blessed us with first, and we had probably about, maybe about 18 companies that we're taking care of, and now we're down to like six. Because the land is disappearing, and there's nothing, and the, the prices they're charging for dock space, they can go other places and get it cheaper and get out in the water and deeper water because all our passes are just spilling in. Did you go around the curve over there? Yeah. Did you go? You seen how they were filling that in? And they're making like a barrier. They're forming land. It's not coming. Oh, my. I hope it lasts long enough for me to live here and die here. And then I'll be okay. We love this place. I love this place. When I opened the restaurant, I wanted to cook. Now I don't want to cook, now I want to sit and talk. Seafood right, kickers. Okay. Seafood kickers and gumbo. Thank you so much. Did you pay her? I did. Yeah. Good luck with it. I'm so blessed, babe. I, I, I see, I see I, it. I, I see I it. I just have to get through. And, and the anxiety about getting through is it's where I got to give it to God and leave that. And I don't know how to do that right now. Heading back into the city now. Traffic's backed up over the Mississippi Bridge. It's evening. The sky's pink. Looks beautiful. I can feel the parties cranking up on the other side of the river. I feel like the Mississippi is like this sort of living, breathing entity and it's not allowed to do what it wants to do. Like how can you fuck with the original system that's been honed over millions of years and expect it to be okay? It's nonsensical, like Jared says. Industry versus nature leading to this kind of grim, dancing at the end of the earth kind of tension. It's all nostalgia. It's that state when your inherent sense of place is kind of being eroded right in front of your eyes. I don't know. I'd love it if there was some kind of neat conclusion. I mean, ultimately, there will be a conclusion. Might not be the conclusion that everyone's spending so much time and energy and clever thinking to try and engineer. 
will be a conclusion. But for now, I don't know, I guess the trees stay standing. New Orleans stays partying. And everyone just kind of keeps it rolling. Thanks to the people of Plaquemines Parish who were so willing to talk to me, a stranger cruising around with a recorder in my hand asking about the land. It's really sensitive, but Barbara, Mitch, Wade, Justine, and as best as they could be, the Army Corps of Engineers guys were so generous with their thoughts. And to Dave Baker, the passionate and candid ecologist who took so much time with me to help explain the challenging situation here. I love you, Louisiana. You can discover more on Plaquemines Parish, as well as a recording of the longer conversation Dave and I had amongst the live oaks at low-lines.com. Low Lines was created and recorded by me, Petra Barron, Produced, edited, and sound designed by Lucia Scazzocchio at Social Broadcasts and executive produced by Lena Presswood at Scenery Studios. The original score is by Hannah Marshall with mixing by Yabina Tinnemans. The show artwork was created by David Mascher. Next time on Low Lines. Look up at the skies most nights and I'm 180 degrees of stars. Mm. You're truly under the sheltering skies. It's just, it, it's just amazing. Um, and I like, I like the quiet. Yeah. They don't care if, you know. Do you feel like you can kind of do what you want? I can do whatever I do, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taking the slow train from New Orleans to Tucson, Arizona. <laughs>